What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 32nd episode of The Crossroads, celebrating 20 years of the Xbox brand. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk what makes them awesome. Now, as always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. And as I mentioned last week, we're officially in the top 20. You know, we've only got kind of the best of the best uh, ready to go for this episode. And we've got a really spicy one this time around because this is a game that honestly, I didn't really play when it came out. I didn't really get into it at the time, but it really wasn't until I actually started kind of rebuilding my original Xbox collection as an adult um, that I actually decided to pick up this game for the first time because I'd heard so many people rave about this game forever and i was like what's so special about this weird rollerblading game where you're just rolling around you got graffiti it's weird um but i'd heard so many great things about jet set radio future that i had to try it and turned out that it was actually pretty dang awesome when i actually finally got a chance to to check it out so of course that is today's game jet set radio future of course um this is actually a sequel to a dreamcast game called just jet set radio um which was very much a uh like a, a very similar game where it was just a very arcadey hop on your rollerblades, you know, spray graffiti across town and basically fill in as many, as many objectives as you could before you, it, you reach a timer. And that's kind of how the first game played out, um, which, by the way, if you ever want to check out the original game, um, it is uh, on 360 because they did do a re-release of it on Xbox Live Arcade um, because that was when they were re-releasing a bunch of Dreamcast stuff, including Jet Set Radio. So um, you can definitely check that out there. But today we're talking about its sequel, Jet Set Radio Future, which basically took the, the general concept of Jet Set Radio, the first one, and really expanded into a, just a much bigger experience and um, really changed it from being this like arcadey, like point race kind of situation, um, and, and which was more, it almost felt more like akin to something like Tony Hawk before. Um, or, or crazy taxi or something like that. Whereas this time around, it really felt like it was this like really cool linear, uh, game where you're going around futuristic Tokyo and, you know, uh, through drawing graffiti on stuff and running away from the cops. Like, um, all that stuff was really, really, really fun. So not only that, but it had this really cool, um, visual art style because it was one of the first games that I remember that really took advantage of cell animate cell uh, shading really well back in this era. We'd start to see some games kind of experimented with sh cell shading, which of course you see everywhere nowadays, especially with like almost every anime game uh, being being cell shaded nowadays. But but back in this time period, we had this. We had Dragon Ball Z Budokai two and uh, some others, but it was very rare that we saw cell shading in games. So this was actually one of the first like big noticeable examples of like what cell shading could really do. Um, on a platform and uh, it really showed kind of what the future for this type of uh, style um, visual style for games was going to look like so I'm going to tell you more about Jet Set Radio Future right now alright so the story in Jet Set Radio Future is um, it's something so I mean the game takes place in a futuristic Tokyo you play as a bunch of teenage skaters and they're in a gang and there's some other gangs and they're fighting over futuristic Tokyo and there's the cops don't like it for some reason. That's it. That's 
that's pretty much all you need to know about the story. Again, like there was this rival gang. They stole a statue and like you need to make sure to get the statue back while also like, again, like trying to stop the cops and it's something. All right. I mean, the story again, you're not really playing this game for the story. I mean, it, it, this goes along the lines with a lot of games on this list, actually. A lot more than I thought anyways. Um, just because, again, I, I feel like games of this era not as many of them focused on story as we do kind of see nowadays. Um, whereas this one's more just about arcadey fun, even though it's not like it doesn't feel like an arcade machine that you're kind of playing, but it does feel a lot more arcadey, which um, is one of the things I actually really liked about it. So again, the story is pretty much there just to kind of set up the plot and, you know, give you kind of a reason why you're, why you're going around, you know, futuristic Japan again, like tagging stuff or whatever. Um, but for the most part, it exists. It's there. It's fine. It'll get you through the experience. But again, let's talk about the gameplay because that is the main reason why we're here. So the gameplay in Jet Set Radio Future, very unique and interesting. Again, there's not really anything else like this out there. So um, you play as a member of the GGs, which again is a, is a group of, um, you know, teenage skating skaters who are in this gang together, essentially. Um, and you have to basically go around Tokyo you know, graffitiing certain areas. Like you'll see a design on the wall and then basically you'll have to do a trick um, to kind of skate by it. Or again, you can kind of stop and use your, your spray can. Um, but it's usually faster just to, you know, do a trick off, you know, where it is. Um, but yeah, it's very similar in gameplay style if you're, of just the exploration is concerned to something like Tony Hawk because you're on rollerblades the entire game. Like you're, you're not getting off the rollerblades and walking around. You are on the rollerblades the entire game. So you're, you're just rollerblading around uh, Tokyo and kind of visiting all of these different areas. Um, one of the things I really liked about the gameplay as well um, is your, and uh, the, where the game goes is it actually goes to a bunch of different areas of Tokyo um, that I recognize as like, you know, actual landmarks when you're actually in Tokyo. Um, so it was very faithful, I think, to obviously um, the location of, of Tokyo. Um, especially if you've been there before, there's a lot of places that you'll really recognize when you're going around in this game, which again, was something novel around this time because we didn't really see the ability to explore Japan too often around this time period, let alone games on original Xbox of all places. Um, so it was actually cool to finally see kind of a, a city that, you know, I've always, I had always wanted to go visit, um, be represented in game form, but in this futuristic manner. So it's not like, you know, a one-to-one replica of what exists in Tokyo today. But I really like exploring all the different areas. Again, it's not an open world game though. It is the linear, like you're going level by level um, and the different levels take place in different areas of, of Tokyo. Um, and that's kind of how all that works. Um, but I, again, just the, the rollerblading around, the tricks feel awesome to pull off and, and fun. Again, it feels just like, as my apt comparison, it feels like just playing like Tony Hawk or one of those games, one of those extreme sports games. Um, you can wall grind, um, you can grind off all kinds of surfaces um, and you can perform tricks in the air. So all that stuff, really, really fun. And just it's just a really stylish looking game between um, what I talked about with the, the cell shaded visuals, but also just the flashy tricks, I, I think, look really fancy today. So, um, yeah, it's actually super fun to play. Um, again, there is some combat in this game, and I think that's probably the place where this game doesn't hold up as well, because, again, you're not really you know, doing standard punches and kicks or anything like that. You're kind of skating up to uh, the cops or whoever is chasing you and you're either, you're like knocking them down or you're like throwing your spray pay, uh, spray cans at them essentially. And 
that's pretty much what the combat amounts to. So um, if you're looking for deep combat, you know, this is probably not, you know, the game for you. Um, but I do think that it's actually pretty fun. Um, but the combat is definitely the, the part that doesn't hold up as well um, because it can be kind of frustrating. It can be kind of difficult, especially if you don't know what to do or, or kind of how to... If you get, get swarmed by enemies too, it's, it's kind of annoying um, because, again, you don't really have a great way to kind of get out of that other than just kind of crawling around, uh, like along the ground after you get knocked over and then hopefully they don't just immediately knock you down again kind of thing. But other than the combat, I think... Um, the skating and the exploration is still just a ton of fun to play today. And, and Dell, definitely well worth the revisit to this game. So yeah, otherwise, I, I think Jet Set Radio Future is actually a really fun pickup today. It's still really fun to play. Um, and it's definitely up there on my favorite Xbox games as, again, it's within the top 20. Um, and honestly, I know that a lot of people rave about this game, and I couldn't really figure out why until I played it. And it's just really fun to play this game. It's it's pure, simple fun, and uh, I think it's a ton of fun. If you've never played it before, I definitely think it is worth checking out. Now, if you're looking to pick up Jet Set Radio Future today, it's backwards compatible on Xbox 360. There's some weird graphical glitches, so I mean, honestly, I think your best bet if you have an original Xbox, because this is actually fairly cheap, especially if you get it in the two-pack that comes with Sega GT, because um, it was a pack-in at one point with the original Xbox. Um, that's probably the route to go, because I think you'll have a smoother performing version of the game if you play it on original Xbox. But I don't think there's anything wrong with playing it on 360. I, I definitely think it's playable. It's just, you know, not the ideal experience. That's all for this episode of The Crossroads. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thanks so much for listening to this abbreviated episode of The Crossroads, and we out. Bye.